Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. couple of things that I think are interesting uh, additionally to the NBA and the NHL playoffs. First of all, this is how bad a non-LeBron NBA playoffs has been for the NBA in terms of ratings. Their opening weekend, and I thought it was kind of cocky to start their opening weekend the same weekend as the Masters, and certainly Game of Thrones factors in here as well. The NBA was down for much of, much of their ratings 30 or 40% over last year in the playoffs. Think about that for a minute and the fact that almost nobody has mentioned it and how people will talk if the NFL is down 10%. It's like the sky is falling. The NBA playoff ratings down 30 and 40% as uh, the playoffs get underway. So I've been saying, remember, the NBA isn't a league. It's got a player. People care about LeBron. They don't care about the NBA in general. This is another wild stat for you. You People who watch the Masters, a lot of you out there, know that the Masters had to bump up their start time because of weather. So Tiger won the Masters teeing off at around 9.20 Eastern. So that round was over by around 2 o'clock okay, uh, on the East Coast. The CBS then made the decision to replay the entirety of the Masters, right? So their afternoon schedule wasn't something new. It was just the Masters replayed 
for people who might have woken up later or didn't know any better or maybe just huge Tiger fans who wanted to enjoy his win, you could have watched Tiger win and then started back and watched the entire thing over again on CBS. The replay of Tiger Woods's win. All right, think about this for a minute. The replay of Tiger Woods's win on CBS had 600,000 more viewers than the Trailblazers against the Oklahoma City Thunder game one on ABC. Almost a million more people watched a replay of a golf match on CBS than watched a real basketball game happening in live time on ABC. Wow. I I saw that and I was like, holy cow. And again, the ratings are down 30 or 40%. This is worth putting a pin in and paying attention. Can you imagine if we got, let's say, Houston Rockets or Golden State Warriors against the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals? You'd have executives at ESPN jumping off bridges over how much money they would lose with that. Something to keep in mind, I've been arguing this for a while, and a lot of people have not realized it yet. I think you're going to have more and more people realizing it. The NBA in a post-LeBron era is set for a similar collapse that the NBA saw in a post-Jordan era. And remember this, 1998 when Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls beat the Utah Jazz is the most watched basketball series, basketball game, in the history of basketball in this country. Nothing has approached the ratings that Michael Jordan put forward in 96, 97, and 98 in his second three-peat. All of the attention, all of the media, everything else, nothing. Not Game 7 Cavs Warriors uh, when LeBron won. Not any of the Golden State runs against the, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. None of those games have remotely approached the audience that Michael Jordan put up years and years ago. All right, back in 1998. And that's despite the fact that we now have 50 million more people living in the country in 2019 than we did in 1998. So the reason why I bring that up and why I think it's so intriguing is for this reason, because we don't have LeBron this year in the playoffs, and it's an early uh uh-oh moment for the NBA to have to deal with this league and what it might look like when LeBron is not there. Now, maybe he's still got a couple of good years. Maybe LeBron is still going to be relevant. Maybe the Lakers are going to go out and be able to sign a big-time talent to pair with LeBron James. Maybe we're going to get another miracle in the NBA draft lottery, and the Lakers are going to draw that uh, that number one overall pick and draft Zion Williamson, and the NBA is going to be helped out. Maybe Zion is going to be the next LeBron. Maybe he's going to arrive in the NBA, take the, take the league by storm, and there's going to be a lot more attention on him, and the NBA is going to start to be able to pass that baton. But right now, as good as Kevin Durant is, as good as the other talent surrounding LeBron James is in the NBA, there are no needle movers like LeBron. And in this playoffs, I think you're going to see, even though they're more wide open, the amount of fan interest is going to diminish in a hurry. So that is worth paying attention to. That is worth putting a pin uh, in from a story perspective. Other story that I thought was wild and interesting. How about Rick Barnes coming out and saying, hey, if UCLA had paid my buyout, I would have left. 
I saw this quote and I was like, you never, ever see a coach be this honest when he is asked a question. UCLA ended up hiring Mick Cronin, but Rick Barnes said, hey, if they would have paid my 4 or $5 million buyout and just cut the check, I would have left and been in Westwood. What is UCLA doing that makes their search look even more incompetent to begin with? Now, maybe Mick Cronin's going to do fine. And certainly, uh, the Laker incompetence helped to cover up the UCLA coaching search incompetence and the continued fallout over USC being a dumpster fire. But that UCLA coaching search, it is unbelievable that, first of all, they tried to hire John Calipari by offering him less money to move to an infinitely more expensive city and take a worse job. So that was an intriguing uh, decision by the UCLA power brokers. Hey, John Calipari, we're going to seduce you and to make you come to Westwood and be our next coach. We're going to offer you less money to move to an infinitely more expensive city and take a worse job. You in? No, John Calipari said. But amazingly, he still managed to turn that into an offer that led to him becoming the highest paid basketball coach in the history of college basketball, even though UCLA offered him less money than he was already making and offered him a worse job. Then UCLA came calling for Rick Barnes, offered him almost $6 million a year, but said, you have to pay your own buyout. Well, that's a mess because, first of all, why wouldn't you do your research here and at least know what the overall situation is if you're going to go after a guy, you got to offer him the buyout, especially because the reason why Jamie Dixon didn't take their job was because UCLA couldn't afford his $8 million buyout. So this was nonsensical to begin with. That's basic level research. You're going to go hire away a guy. You got to pay his buyout in addition to what you're going to pay him per year. So Rick Barnes just said, hey, if you had paid my buyout, I was prepared to leave and go take over the UCLA job, but they wouldn't do it. And so after a lot of thinking, he decided to stay with Tennessee. Now, he also said he did a lot of praying. I'll tell you this right now. It's amazing how often when people pray, God tells them to take the most money. Remember back in the day, Reggie White was the first person I ever heard to say this. I got to spend a lot of time praying. And I think Charles Barkley said, hey, it's amazing how when Reggie, Reggie White sat down, he started praying, and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. God told him to take the most money. It's amazing how often coaches and athletes say, man, I got to pray on this. I got to sit around and make this decision. Rick Barnes said, you know, ultimately, UCLA not paying that buyout was God telling me that I needed to stay at Tennessee. Or maybe it was just UCLA being cheap. Sometimes it's not God speaking, it's just dumb people running the UCLA coaching search who can't get their ducks in a row. This reminds me of the most amazing God told me to do it uh, example that I've heard in the world of sports in a long time. Do you remember that Instagram model that had a uh, a great ass and LeBron James when he was doing his zero dark uh, 23 or whatever the heck he's doing, zero dark 30, 23, when he supposedly gets off social media during the playoffs accidentally clicked a like on this Instagram model's uh, butt shots and everybody went crazy and uh, and she got famous and her, and, her, and her pictures went viral. By the way, 90% of Instagram's market cap value is just guys looking at hot chicks. 
I don't even know how this happens. Every girl who's good looking and posts anything on Instagram immediately gets like 40,000 likes and the comments from dudes are so thirsty and pathetic. I can't even imagine. Um, but uh, that no pun intended, but uh, in this situation, this Instagram model, this girl was all set to go to veterinarian school. She was like, you know what? I don't know that I'm going to make a living as an Instagram model. Good thought. Maybe I should go to veterinarian school. And then LeBron James accidentally liked her butt photo, you know, like some photo of her in, uh, I, I don't know, like uh, yoga pants or whatever, uh, and uh, she's got a great butt, all right? And then she said, you know what? I took this as a sign from God. She decided not to go to veterinarian school, and she took LeBron James liking her butt photo as a sign from God that, uh, that she should become an Instagram model. What an unbelievable move that was by God, if that was his intention. This girl's going to go get a real job, be a veterinarian, save all sorts of animals' lives, and make a good living, and be a reasonably uh, productive member of society. And then God decides, you know what? I'm going to make LeBron James accidentally click like on this girl's butt photo to convince her that she should become an ass model on Instagram. Imagine your thought process if you thank God because you think that God chose for you to be a butt model because LeBron James accidentally clicked like on Instagram. Well, Rick Barnes doing the same thing. Uh, let me go ahead and bring in Eddie Garcia, find out what's shaking in the world of sports, and uh, we will uh, we will dive in uh, to that and continue to roll. Uh, Eddie Garcia, did you end up doing updates because God uh, got people to like your butt photos on Instagram? No, not because of that. Close uh, though, right? Yeah, yeah. He did tell me to do the update, but what is that? The greatest is that the greatest God made this decision for me story that you've ever heard. I'm gonna be a veterinarian, but LeBron James accidentally clicks like, making my butt photo go viral on Instagram, and the girl decided to become an Instagram model. Yeah, well, you know they do say he is King James, so you know. There you he, go. It's a good point. He touched, that's uh, a literal translation of right. God's word. LeBron go. James bringing it to bear on Instagram. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Let's check in on the playoff action first in the NBA, where the Trailblazers beat the Thunder 114-94. C.J. McCollum leading Portland with 33 points as they now lead that series over Oklahoma City two games to nothing. Nuggets had to rally to beat the Spurs 114-105 to even up that series at 1-1. Denver was down 19 points, but behind Jamal Murray, they were able to come back and get the win. Murray had 24 points. 21 of them came in the fourth quarter, and he was one of four of the five starters for Denver that scored 20 points or more in that win. Raptors beat the Magic 111-82. Kawhi Leonard, 37 points for Toronto as he helps the Raptors to even up that series with Orlando at one apiece. NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, the Blue Jackets beat the Lightning 7-3 to close out that series in four games. Tampa Bay, who tied an NHL record with 62 wins in the regular season, is swept out of the first round. The Islanders beat the Penguins 3-1. New York sweeps that series from Pittsburgh in four games, and New York advances to the second around for just the second time in the last 26 years. The uh, Jets beat the Blues 2-1 in overtime on a Kyle Connor goal. The road teams won every game so far in that series, which is now tied at 2-2. And the Golden Knights shut out the Sharks 5-0 by goalie Marc-Andre Fleury's 28 saves. Vegas has a 3-1 series lead now over San Jose. We'll be back to outkick the coverage in 10 seconds, but first a word from Farmers. At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. 
Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Now back to Clay Travis and the Geico. Outkick the coverage studios. Eddie, you are a resident hockey expert. How unbelievable of an upset is it in a hockey perspective for the Columbus Blue Jackets to win four straight against not just the number one overall seed in the NHL, but a historically dominate dominant Tampa Bay Lightning franchise that ends up sending out this convoluted apology tweet that sounds like an awful breakup tweet. Uh, the city of Tampa Bay has to be just absolutely in an uproar over this thing. Yeah, I mean, look, Tampa is uh, it's it's become a really nice hockey town, kind of like Nashville has. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not Chicago, it's not Toronto, but it's 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 become a very strong market. They have won a Stanley Cup before. But yeah, I mean, for them to go out like this, I mean, going out in the first round would have been a failure enough. But to be swept, to have your best players not show up, it's stunning. It's it's like I said, we we've seen this before in hockey: an eight seed doing something special, uh, knocking off. I mean, like the President's Trophy that goes to the rest of the team in the regular season. Only one time in the last eleven years has that team won the Stanley Cup. So th- that's not totally surprising. But for, as you said, a historically good team to be swept in the first round, I mean, nobody saw that coming. It's, that's as shocking as the Vegas Golden Knights in their first year going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So you see some, we've seen some amazing things in hockey the last couple of years. Yeah, and look, I think for people out there who may not be hockey fans, this would be like the 72-win Golden State Warrior team going out and losing to the eight seed and getting swept by their opponent, whoever that was, in the NBA playoffs that year. Um, And I feel like it's going to slide under the radar a little bit because it's hockey, and that's to the Tampa Bay Lightning's benefit. But imagine if this happened in the NBA. People would be – I mean, they they would never forget talking – never stop talking about the team that this happened to, to win 62 games, to have the most points in 13 years – to be as dominant as they were. And look, they played. I know Columbus made a few trades, but I snagged this uh, this stat that I saw uh, streaking across Twitter. Um, 62 wins for the Tampa Bay Lightning, only 20 losses. And they lost in four straight versus the number eight seed, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who just barely made the playoffs. And they beat the Columbus Blue Jackets three times when they played in the regular season. 8-2, 4-0, and 5-1. I mean, this is a historic, we have a lot of historic level collapses, it feels like. You had a 31-point comeback by the Clippers. You had Tiger Woods with a different caliber of comeback winning the Masters. And then this collapse by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lots of historic sporting results in uh, the past several days. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield 
wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service, they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2Pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. It's super simple. First, download the DraftKings Pick 6 app. Then pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, like rebounds, points, assists, and more. Play Pick 6 from DraftKings, the new fantasy app that packs more fun into less time. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code 2PROS. New customers play 5 bucks and get 50 in Pick 6 credits. That's code 2PROS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 first pick set to receive $50 in Pick 6 credits, which are non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only, expire after six months. Restrictions apply. Limited time offer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Wednesday wherever across the country you may be. I am Clay Travis. And in honor of Tiger Woods winning uh, his Masters title in 22 years after his first Masters title in 1997, uh, we got a lot of NBA action, a lot of NHL action. We talked about it a lot in hour one. We've got Chris Mannix coming up with us in the next segment. We'll break down all the NBA playoffs. And then in hour three, we are going to jo- be joined Uh, by Albert Breer to break down all the drama surrounding the NFL draft eight days out, as well as Russell Wilson becoming the highest paid player in the NFL. That is a roadmap of where we are headed on this show. But first, we have 1997 trivia. Danny G, if you are around my age, I am recently turned 40, but uh, 22 years ago, I graduated from high school. So uh, I was 18 in 1997. I'm around the same age as Tiger Woods. When Tiger Woods won his first Masters title was 1997. I am an expert in the 1990s. Danny G has put together a quiz about the 1997. This is 22 years ago what was going on, right? So this is when Tiger Woods won his first major. Yep. Uh, So do you want to classify or quantify or qualify exactly how you put together this trivia? I just went back in history and looked at everything that stood out in the year 1997. Do we have any music to go oh, with this uh, trivia? Yeah, the, the usual contest. trivia music that we play. Go ahead, Rocky Roberto. Okay, so once again, the year Tiger won his How first Masters. How many questions Masters. are there? There are nine questions, one bonus question at the end. Okay. All right, here what we go. What do you think I'm going to do? Let's go, uh, around the, let's go around the horn we'll here. We'll take odds. Let's, yeah, it said odds. What, how do you think I'll do? Well, you don't... You, maybe have a rigged system let's pull in dub <laughs> dub you were barely born in 1997 what you're 25 so you were born in like 94 93 93 so how do you think i'll do so you were four years old when tiger woods won his first major that's correct and now is this multiple choice or you gotta uh, think that's of the answer on the top of your head a b or c okay all right multiple choice i think so there's not 10 questions total we'll call it 10 i'm gonna say six out of ten. Six out of, eddie how do you think i'll do I'll go 7 out of 10. You are around my age. Now, do I have uh, phone a friend? Because Dub is out because he's so young. He was only 4 you in want, You want one lifeline? Uh, maybe, maybe so. I mean, Roberto, how old are you? 38. All right, so you're around my age. Yeah. So you don't have any excuses for not knowing this stuff. So uh, Dub is the only one who is aged out. How do you think I'll do, uh, Roberto? I'll say 7 out of 10. I th- See, I think this test is going to be way too skewed towards music. Uh, because uh, Danny G has put it together. I think if it were like politics, history, things like that, I'd do 10 for 10. If it's like music-based, I think I'd do okay with movies too. There's only one music question. Okay, I, I think I'm going to get eight. Let's go. Wow. All yeah. right, here we go. Question number one. And by the way, uh, Eddie and the crew, if you guys wouldn't mind keeping score here. All right, question. Well, hold on. Yep. You can't keep track of how many ones I get correct out of 10? No, I'm going to be busy reading the questions here. I right, will here keep track of how many I get, too, but I, they can verify that un- I'm correct. Unless you start stinking it up, then you're going to accidentally lose count. First question, and we'll start with music, but that'll be the only one. 
according to Billboard Hot 100, what was the number one song of 1997? A, Puff Daddy and Faith Evans, I'll Be Missing You. Yeah. B, Elton John, Candle in the Wind. Or C, R. Kelly, I Believe I Can Fly. Oh, man. I remember all these songs. Uh, So let me break these down. The number one song in 1997. So when I graduated from high school, that was right when the I'll Be Missing You, like the, the, the... Puff Daddy and who was it? Who was he singing it with? Faith Evans in one twelve in honor of, of Notorious B.I.G. Biggie, getting yeah. killed. Yeah. All right. So that was everywhere. But earlier was it ninety seven that Candle and I thought that Prince did Princess Die die in ninety seven? She did. She died in ninety seven, but she died in ninety seven in like September, right or August, uh, when the Dodi Fayed uh, traffic accident happened. The reason why I'm saying that is. There was more time for the uh, for the other one. I believe I can fly the R. Kelly song. I'm going to eliminate that. But that was such a massive event with uh, Princess Die. The challenges that happened, I remember I was a freshman in college. That happened in like August or September that she died. Man. Man, this is tough. Uh, I'm going to go with, because uh, Princess Die was just so much bigger than everything else in the world. I'm going to go with the Elton John song. Wow, you sniffed that out like an investigator. You are correct. Yeah. Elton John, Candle in the Wind, due to Princess Di's death, the number one song of 1997, according to Billboard Hot 100. All right, question number two. Titanic was the first movie to make over $1 billion total box office, almost $700 million domestically, so by far the top-grossing movie of 97. And it was Best Picture. So, yeah. I mean, it, was a, it, was, it swept at the Academy Awards and everything else. The question for you, what was the number two movie in the United States that year? Was it A, Men in Black, B, Liar, Liar, or C, The Last World, Jurassic Park? Ooh. Well, I'm going to eliminate Liar, Liar, even though Justin Cooper was the kid in that movie, and he is the producer for the Ben Maller Show, which comes on right before us. So as good of an actor and as solid of a movie as that was, that is out of the running. And so uh, now you're not going to confuse me. These movies all came out in 97, right? Yeah, this is the official movie list of 97. So Men in Black, which with Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith was an insanely huge hit, or the Jurassic World movie, uh, was that the second one? Was that after Jurassic Park? I'm not even sure of the timeline I, I on those films. I think that was the second one. I'm going to go with the Jurassic World movie because I know how big Jurassic Park was. What was the name of that Jurassic pa- movie you the said? The Lost World Jurassic Park. Oh, this was the uh, – I think that's the second that's one. That's the second one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the second one because I know how big Jurassic Park was. Men in Black made $250 million domestically. The Lost World Jurassic Park, it was close, made $229 million. Ah. Men in Black, the correct answer there. By the way, Liar Liar, Coop's movie, $300 million worldwide. Yeah, Coop got $8, eight yep. of that. That's why he's got that expensive mattress he was talking about last year. That's right, <laughs> all right. he's still getting all the residuals <laughs> from that movie. So you are one and one so far. Here we go with question three. 1997's popular cell phone, the Nokia 6110, featured three games. Were they A, Banjo-Kazooie, Doom, and Worm, B, Memory, Snake, and Logic, or C, Pokemon Gold and Silver, Wipeout, and Half-Life? The last one is way too complicated, so I'm knocking out C. Uh, Tell me A and B again. 
A and B. Let's see. A. I had the big like Zach Morris cell phone in 1997. <laughs> My mom had one in the that had to keep in the glove box, yeah. and it was only supposed to use it in like dr- dire case of emergency. <laughs> these are all real games from '97, but the Nokia 6110 had three of these. Was it A, Banjo Kazooie, Doom, and Worms, or B, Memory, Snake, and Logic? I'm gonna go with B. You are correct, sir. B, Memory, Snake, and Logic were the three games that came with that Nokia 6110. All right, not bad. Here we go. Question number four. In 1997, an awkward Matthew Perry got to sleep with an in-her-prime Selma Hayek in a movie called A, In-N-Out, B, Life is Beautiful, or C, Fools Rush In. Oh, man. I was gonna say Spanglish. Was it? But that was with uh, that was with uh, the yeah who, wrong uh, movie. Yeah, but that was who was the star with her in Spanglish? It was Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Right? Yeah. Uh, all right. So tell me these tell me these okay. names of the movies again. A In and Out. B Life is Beautiful. Or C Fools Rush In. It's not Life is Beautiful. That was the Roberto Benigni or whatever it was, like the one about the Holocaust in Italy. So that one's out. What was the f- first one? In and Out. In and out? Um, I don't think so. I think it was Fools Rush In. You're right. Good uh, detective work there. Fools Rush In. Even though I think Life is Beautiful. I think you're getting that movie confused with another one. Uh, here we go. Question. Nah, somebody look up Life is Beautiful. I think that was a Holocaust movie. I about... thought that was a, a romantic comedy back in 1997. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's more than one. No, Life Clay's, is Clay's right on this. Yeah. yeah, but Life is Beautiful. Look it up, Eddie. I thought that there was also a romantic comedy with that same title. Well, it wasn't the more famous of the movies. Gotcha. Question number five. You're going to like this one, Clay, because it's kind of dark. On March 26, 1997, San Diego police found 39 members of Marshall Applegate's UFO cult, Heaven's Gate, dead in a mass suicide. Before they placed bags over their heads, they mixed an anti-seizure drug with vodka and blank. A, applesauce. B, pudding. Or C, flavor aid. Why do you think that I would like this question? Uh, <laughs> I, I uh, So applesauce. Well, because you started your career by eating nothing but pudding. Yeah, applesauce, pudding, and what else? Flavor aid. What did they mix it with? With phenylbarbital, which is an anti-seizure drug. Yeah, vodka. And vodka. Uh, I'm going to go with... Man, that's an awful story. Uh, I'm going to go with C. Flavor Aid. No, Flavor Aid was used in Jonestown in 1978 in the People's Temple mass suicide. These fools, the Heaven Gate people, they used applesauce to mix their drugs with. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, question number six. This is right up your alley. In 1997, Microsoft became the world's most valuable company. They were valued at A, $261 billion, B, $380 billion, or C, $190 billion. Well, this is just, this is not even a 97 question. It's just, so the most current, most valuable companies in the world, they've they like kind of shifted around, I think, right? Like mm-hmm. Apple got to a trillion dollars. Uh, Microsoft hit like uh, a high during the, uh, during the, before the dot-com boom uh, bust cycle in like what was it like 2000 i think the nasdaq hit an all-time high and then the market kind of tanked after that um but so uh, it was basically you gave me 100 200 or 300 million right yeah a 261 b 380 or c 190 i think 380 is too high because the stock price kept going higher 
Uh, so I'm going to go with 260. You are correct. Using your lawyer hat there to to weed out the wrong answers. Okay, here we go. Question number seven. Let's go to sports. Who was the 1997 World Series MVP for the Florida Marlins? Was it A, LaVon Hernandez, B, Gary Sheffield, or C, Moises Alou? Man, uh, I don't think it was Gary Sheffield. Moises Alou, I don't think Moises Alou, was he on the team? Yeah, he was. I thought Moises Alou was the – who was it that, that that Bartman leaned out to catch the ball over? That wasn't 97 because he ended up on the Cubs then. That was what, like 01 with Bartman? I can't remember exactly the year. Because I'm getting – the, the, Miami, the Miami Marlins, they were called the Florida Marlins before that, won in 97 and what year? Like 01? They won a couple, right? 03. 03, okay. Yeah, uh, they bought that World Series. All right, so Moises Alou was eventually <laughs> on the Cubs and lost to the Marlins, right? Because that's what I'm getting confused by. All right, so tell me those three again. So, LeVon Hernandez, yep. pitcher, Gary Sheffield, or Moises Alou? I'll go with Moises Alou. Wrong. LeVon Hernandez. He won He won games one and five against the Indians and had a strikeout record of 15 batters in game five. Uh. Okay, here we go. Question eight. NASA's Mars Pathfinder lander and rover landed on Mars in July of 1997. What was the famous name of the rover? Was it A, Spirit, B, Opportunity, or C, Sojourner? Didn't this just stop, didn't this just stop working recently? Yeah. Uh, I think it's Opportunity. Well, the one I'm talking about might be different. You don't know that. So A, Spirit, B, Opportunity, or C, Sojourner. They're all, these are all rovers, but one of these was the name of the one in 97. Okay, I think Opportunity. Wrong. C, Sojourner. It was actually the first, the very first rover to ever operate outside the Earth-Moon system. Did Opportunity just stop running, uh, I, just I, stop working? I do remember reading something about Opportunity recently. And Opportunity lasted a long time. Somebody yeah. confirmed that. That's a That's a tough one. Okay, by the way, the lander was named the Carl Sagan Memorial Station. Question, question number nine. At the Superdome in New Orleans on January 26, 97, the Green Bay Packers beat the New England Patriots 35-21 to in Super Bowl 31. Many people thought the Patriots were a Cinderella team led by, they were led by Drew Bledsoe back then, of course. How many points were the Packers favored by? A, 10, B, 14, or C, seven. Seven. Wrong. 14. Uh, that's a big line for yeah, a Super Bowl. The pack were a huge 14-point so favorite. Yeah, because the score was 35-21. to 21. Wow. Can you imagine gambling on that game in 1997? Did you have a bookie in high school, Clay? Did not have a bookie in high school. <laughs> I remember watching that game. All right. And here's your bonus question. I'll help you out. I'll give you the three performers. Tell me what the name of this halftime show was or, or what the name of the group was. Dan Aykroyd. John Goodman and Jim Belushi were the three singers on stage at halftime of that same Super Bowl 31. What was the name of the halftime show? They were the Blues Brothers, right? I'll give you credit for that. It was the Blues Brothers Bash. (laughs) The Blues Brothers Bash starring Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, and Jim Belushi was the halftime entertainment. Man, we have come a long way. That's pretty unbelievable that that was the halftime. I, I will say this about your 1997 trivia. Almost none of it really had a lot to do with 1997. How could it not have anything to do with 1997? Well, those were, questions, like what? Uh, it like, was the, the the top movie, the top song, the the uh, the top cell phone, 
uh, a mass suicide. Who cannot love that? The World Series that year, the Super Bowl. How is that? The Microsoft. How is that? Not nineteen ninety seven. I don't know that the year mattered in terms of getting. What did I do? Six and four, seven and three. What did I do? Where are my scorekeepers? Dub, did you keep Uh-oh. score, Eddie? Did no one keep score? It was six. Six, yeah, six out of ten. I thought six out of ten. Uh, well, I don't even know what you guys do on the show. Like, the other three of you are just sitting there with no obligations. I was, I was on standby ever... to be the lifeline. Oh, I forgot that I had the lifeline. Did you know the answer to any of the, the ones that I got wrong? I knew the LeVon Hernandez one. Me too. Sure. Uh, I should have I lifelined that one. That's one that uh, that I figure we might be able to get, but a lot I, I of these, guessed right on a couple of them, but didn't really know them. Yeah, I mean, it could have been ninety eight, it could have been ninety five, it could have been ninety six. I mean, like, what's the market cap of of Microsoft, for instance? I don't know that ninety seven really factors in there. We're going to be joined by Chris Mannix when we come back. Uh, I am Clay Travis. This is Outkick the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield? wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location species salt versus freshwater and more plus it's smooth sailing with fishing bookers simple online payment method you'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local start your angling adventure now with fishing booker visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today fishing booker fishing trips made easy Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Continental Tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Continental test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com. .com slash sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Chris Mannix with us now can follow him on Twitter I believe at SI Chris Mannix he can correct me if I'm wrong on that uh, we welcome him in and the big question off the jump here Chris is I give you the option Golden State or the field are you taking the Warriors or are you taking the rest of the uh, 15 teams in the NBA playoffs I think you still have to take the Warriors um they're obviously more vulnerable than they've been in years past, but it's just a degree of vulnerability to me. They lose DeMarcus Cousins, but they had the Andrew Bogut insurance there. He's played with them before, won with them before. Uh, Kevin Looney is is still there. Jordan Bell is still there. They've got enough guys that can kind of step in and and fill that gap. Now, they have to figure out the rebounding part of it because when Cousins went out, you saw Montrez Harrell in that game kind of go wild, so... They've got to toughen up on that end, but the core of a team that has been fantastic for the last three years is still there. So unless one of those guys gets hurt, I'm still taking the Warriors to beat everybody four out of seven. All right, so in the last two years, the Houston Rockets have won eight. The Golden State Warriors have won six. Two of the Warrior wins came after Chris Paul got injured. In this series, let's assume that the Warriors beat the Clippers, and let's also assume that the uh, Houston Rockets gets past the Jazz. Uh, is that the toughest matchup for the Warriors remaining on their way to the championship? Oh, no question. When the Rockets fell into that 4-5 slot, it, it just became uh, uh, just a, a clash of the Titans in that second uh, that second round. I mean, no disrespect to what we have on the other side of the bracket, but even if it's Denver coming out of it, and Denver's look shaky their first two games against San Antonio – uh, this is the team to. That's the series that that would I think the winner of the conference is clearly going to come from. And it is, you know, it, it's I don't know if it's quite a coin flip between those two teams, but you mentioned the record against each other, the eight wins, the six wins, what we saw in the conference finals last year, the steadfast belief 
within the Rockets organization that if Chris Paul didn't go out in the, uh, before that game six, that they would have won uh, that series, have a 3-2 lead. Uh, I think it's going to be tough. I, I just I, I can't bet against you know a Durant, Curry, Thompson, Draymond Green-led team, even with Cousins out of the mix. Um, let's go to the Eastern Conference. You have talked about how you expected the Celtics to make a run for a while. They get a weakened Pacers team. They got an uh, ugly, ugly win over the Pacers in uh, game one. Game two is tonight. Who would you make the favorite in the Eastern Conference right now? Are the Bucks head and shoulders above? Are you confident in them? Uh, otherwise, how wide open is it? It's pretty wide open, and d- despite what happened in their game one, I still make Toronto a slight favorite. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry should just sit out game ones forever, I think, <laughs> because of the way he plays in game ones in the postseason. But he always bounces back, you know, for solid game twos. I, I don't read too much into Milwaukee's win. I mean, Detroit didn't have Blake Griffin. Detroit isn't very good anyway. So you expect them to roll in that series. And I'm still concerned when I look at the Bucks about what happens when a good team with deep offensive talent stares down Brook Lopez for 25, 30 minutes a night. What happens when they get to the second round, a place that you know virtually nobody on that roster has been to before, uh, do things change? They get a little bit tougher for them uh, when the series tightens up. This Boston team that they play in the second round, uh, they've been there. I mean, the last two years, the Celtics have been to the conference finals. Kyrie Irving has won a championship. So uh, I think the Celtics-Bucks uh, right now is a coin flip. And the team that I, I still think is, is, is the team to beat is Toronto because they've only lost to Cleveland in the last few years. And they're a different team with Kawhi Leonard playing in the way that Kawhi Leonard can play. Let's, uh, there's a lot of drama surrounding off the court. And I want to dive into some of these uh, decisions in general. But I want to start with Durant. Durant either has gotten uh, rattled by Patrick Beverly, he has not played well in the last several, or he's focused on something other than basketball. What do you think has been going on with Kevin Durant so far? Well, I mean, this has been an ongoing thing, and not just, you know, in this series with Patrick Beverly, whether it's, it's battling with the referees in the back end of the season, battling with his teammate in the front end of the season. I mean, Kevin Durant has just been – he struck me as really the overly sensitive. And I think he's a sensitive guy to begin with, but it just seems like a, that sensitivity and that, you know, hair trigger reaction has gone to, to a different level. I mean, you heard Steve Kerr after game one say, we took the bait. And it's not the first time that, that Kevin Durant and some guys in that team have taken the bait. And when you look at the, the Warriors, you think of Draymond as the volatile guy. You don't think of Kevin Durant as the guy you have to watch for you know, the couple of flagrant fouls and technical fouls and the potential to get suspended uh, in a postseason game. Now, you ask what, what's going on with him, it, it's just hard to say at, at this point. I don't really believe that you know, free agency is weighing on his mind. I don't think there's some kind of conflict with his teammates right now. Uh, like all these teams, they get to the playoffs, and it's, it's just about winning games, getting to that number 16 uh, in the win column. I, I just think he's... This is a season-long thing with Kevin Durant where he has been more hair-trigger with his reactions than ever before. So I look at Kevin Durant and I say, and I think you're right, I think he is particularly sensitive uh, to the extent that he's creating burner accounts and responding to people who have criticisms of him on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. It's utterly insane to me, um, but it seems to me to be true that he is doing that. Why would he think that going to New York is going to make that better for him? Because I think if he's uh, all up in his feelings and emotions, 
that might be the worst decision he could possibly make. Because right now, he's on the West Coast. He's really kind of on the back burner of the news story. The Lakers and L.A. dominate so much of the attention on the West Coast. I think that, honestly, the Warriors, as good of a dynasty as they have been, have been relatively kind of under the radar in terms of being picked and prodded at on a day-to-day basis. On the East Coast, where you are leading the news cycle every evening, things would be completely different. Are you with me? That seems like a bad fit. It, it strikes me as something that he needs to be – he needs to go into that situation with his eyes wide open. And I, I say that because I do think that off-the-court interests are fueling Kevin Durant's ultimate decision. I think that you know he's going to have probably a blank slate and – having accomplished everything he's accomplished at that point, you know, probably three championships, you know, right when he hits the age of 30, I think he's open to a new type of challenge. I think he understands that if you can take New York to a championship level, that's, you know, that's worth like three, four, five championships somewhere else because of the history of the Knicks. But what happened with LeBron James this year should be kind of a roadmap for Durant. Like we came into this year with Durant, with uh, LeBron, and I think we all, you know, said this Laker team wasn't very good, and we expected them uh, to, to, you know, end LeBron's final streak. But when it went really south and things got bad out there, the honeymoon ended pretty quickly. And Durant's going to walk into New York, and even if Kyrie Irving and somebody else goes with him, the pressure in year one is not going to be on him to win a championship. But if it looks like that they're not on a path to winning a championship, that town, that media, everyone is going to turn on him pretty quickly. And the way that Durant has responded to criticism in Golden State, it, it does strike me that that it's gonna he's gonna have an, an, a stronger reaction to you know being on the back page of the New York papers uh, with uh, with criticisms. We're talking to Chris Mannix at SI Chris Mannix. You can follow him on Twitter. There, uh, let's go to uh, you. Just mentioned LeBron. The two teams in L.A. Clippers are coming back home in Staples Center, tied up one-one. I think we both agree that the Warriors will probably win both those games in the Staples Center. But it will have been a very successful year for the Clippers. They trade away their best player, Tobias Harris. They clear up a lot of salary cap space. And uh, they are going to be able to pitch Kawhi Leonard on the idea of joining the Clippers. If you had to buy stock in Clippers or Lakers stock right now, which would you buy and why? Oh, I, I think it's the Clippers. And it's not all that close at the moment. Because, you know, a, a, besides the presence of LeBron and, and the, the possibilities that a LeBron James team kind of brings, uh, even if they're far-fetched. The, the Clippers have everything going for them on the fundamental level. I mean, at the top of the organization, you know, they have one of the deepest and strongest basketball operations staffs in the league. They've fleshed it out over the last couple of years, and, and they've turned that uh, part of their organization into a strength. On the other side of the street, you've got Rob Blank, and I have no idea who else is part of that Laker front office right now. The coaching box, we know what Doc Rivers is. We don't even know who the Lakers are going to have in the coaching box. And, and this team that they have in L.A. right now, it's built perfectly to just plug another star in. There's a whole bunch of quality role players, a lot of whom are under team-friendly contracts. You've got you know, Beverly, you mentioned Lou Williams, terrific sixth man. All you have to do if you're the Clippers is to show a star like a Durant, like a Kawhi Leonard, that roster and say, look, step in and we're going to be a championship-level team as early as next season. I think virtually every box is checked in favor of the L.A. Clippers right now. Where would you predict these guys go? Durant, Kawhi, uh, Jimmy Butler. 
whoever else might be out there, where would you slot them in right now, and how do you think Anthony Davis factors into this as well? Very early, but you know, I just I can't fathom as crazy and as, as insane as the Knicks have been in recent years. I can't fathom them just giving away Kristaps Porzingis unless they have more than kind of a wink and a nod from Kevin Durant uh, that he's going to go there. Uh, with, with the Raptors, with the Raptors and Kawhi, it's interesting because if they get to the finals, it might be pretty hard for Kawhi Leonard to walk away from a finals team, especially one that's pretty well constructed and has strengths of its own with the don't with the Raptors front office. And so I think it's a coin flip between the Raptors and the and the uh, Clippers in terms of Kawhi Leonard. The Anthony Davis stuff, it all depends on Kyrie Irving. If Kyrie Irving stays in Boston, Anthony Davis will be a Celtic. There's no question in my mind about it, because Danny Ainge doesn't care what kind of messages are coming out of Anthony Davis' camp. He doesn't care if Anthony Davis shows up in Boston and like defecates on the Bill Russell statue. He's trading for Anthony Davis. Danny Ainge knows you have to have stars to win championships in this league. Kyrie Irving is a bona fide star. Anthony Davis is a bona fide star. And the Celtics will not be outbid for Anthony Davis. So if Kyrie Irving stays, Davis comes to Boston. If Kyrie Irving goes, it opens it up to a whole bunch of teams. Not just, you know, the Lakers might be sitting out there because Davis says he'll stay. A team like Denver, which is kind of crazy and how ambitious they are, I think they might roll the dice and try to trade for him. They have young players. There's probably other teams out there willing to do that as well. So it, it just opens the field up to probably half a dozen or more teams that could make a serious run on Anthony Davis. We're talking to Chris Mannix. The NBA has wanted to sell that they're more than LeBron for a long time. Opening weekend, NBA playoff ratings absolutely got destroyed, dropping 30 yeah. and 40%. Part of that's they're going up against the Masters. Game of Thrones can't be underrated there as well. Uh, how much do you think the NBA is concerned because this is kind of a preview for a post-LeBron era NBA, right? LeBron, let's say, might have two or three good years left with the Lakers after this one in terms of being at the top of the list, in terms of people caring about him. But this is an early preview of what a LeBron-less NBA might be like. And it looks eerily similar to what a Jordan-less NBA looked like. How much concern do you think there is among the league and the TV partners over the way the playoffs started? Yeah, I've noticed I haven't gotten those press releases touting great ratings yes. uh, for Game 1 and Game 2 and then the postseason at this point. I-, I think networks are certainly concerned. You know, stars sell, you know, that in every sport. And, you know, not having LeBron leading the Eastern Conference is, is problematic. The Celtics are pretty unlikable this year, so that's been problematic. Um, as far as the league goes, though, I mean, I-, I sat down with Adam Silver a little while ago, and, and this came up to, in, a- in a roundabout way. Adam Silver has always craved NFL-level parity. Yeah. And next year, you could really have that. Next year, there could be eight or nine teams that enter the playoffs really believing, you know, justifiably, that they could win a championship. So I I think Adam Silver wants that and wants to see how the fans respond to that. Now, we'd like to have LeBron in the playoffs, of course. Everybody would. Certainly having all the star-studded teams in there is a good thing. But I think the NBA is willing to – eat some bad ratings if it means they don't have to go into every postseason with it being all but assured who wins the, uh, the the final series. Now, if it turns out to be like Toronto-Houston in the NBA Finals, I mean, I, I don't even know. Who has the finals? ABC? Like, that's not going to be a, a good uh, couple of weeks uh, for ABC. But the NBA, they wanted this. So they're going to get, I think, next year exactly what they wanted. 
Outstanding stuff as always. Chris Mannix at SI Chris Mannix. Uh, we'll hopefully talk to you next week. Appreciate the time, my man. You got it, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. As we get ready for uh, the uh, the next round of the uh, next games in the NBA and the NHL, we got a bunch of uh, results last night. Blue Jackets knock out the Lightning. If this were the NBA or if this were the NFL to a lesser extent, because NFL is a one-game setting. But to have the best team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, a prohibitive plus 180 favorite to win the NHL Stanley Cup, not only lose, but get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, who had never won a series before in the history of hockey. This is a, uh, I think what classifies as an earth-shattering result. The Islanders also knock out the Penguins in a sweep. So we have two teams that have advanced in uh, the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Meanwhile, in the NBA, we have uh, a lot of intriguing uh, action going on. But what is not intriguing is that Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, now on track, not Russell Wilson, who got an incredible uh, contract, but Russell Westbrook now on track to lose in the first round for a third straight year since Kevin Durant left the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, the Trailblazers with a 20-point win to go up 2-0 in that series. Uh, the Nuggets come storming back from a 19-point deficit uh, in the third quarter to uh, beat the Spurs and potentially save their season. And the Raptors bounce back after getting uh, beaten by the Magic in the first game of their series to even up that series uh, at one game apiece. I want to bring in Eddie Garcia. I got a question for him. I can't stop looking at this Alexander Ovechkin uh, uh, punch. And we'll see what ends up happening in this series with the defending uh, Washington Capitals in uh, a position of uh, strength here up 2-1. But with, uh, with that game, I think on Thursday we'll play the uh, the next game in that series with the uh, the Capitals up 2-1. Alexander Ovechkin knocks out this 19-year-old who fights him. Ovechkin hasn't fought in a long time. I think that fighting is a major flaw in hockey. And let me explain. Some people out there get all triggered about this. The NBA, they came out and they said, look, if you fight, the consequences are going to be severe. And as a result, this is after the malice in the palace. As a result... There is almost no fighting in the NBA now. And in fact, flagrant one and flagrant twos get looked at and it's replayed and it's uh, and you can argue that it's a lot different game, but they eliminate fighting almost immediately from the sport. It doesn't happen at all. Hockey uh, fighting has been diminishing, but when I see this Ovechkin play and I see Ovechkin knock out this 19-year-old who then hits his head on the ice and gets a concussion... I think, and I still believe, this is a really bad look for the NHL fighting in general. Eddie, you are the resident expert for NHL fans on this show. Do you think it's a bad look for hockey? They don't fight in the Olympics. They don't fight in many different levels. To me, the fighting, much like throwing at batters in baseball, is a sign of the flaw of the sport. Because it isn't, like, I don't have any problem with MMA or boxing. I enjoy watching those. That's the sport itself. The sport exists to fight. To me, fighting is a weakness of hockey. And when I see that Ovechkin play, what I think is, man, that kid could have died. That 19-year-old kid, when he gets knocked out, he then hits his head on the ice. That kid could have died. I mean, that would not be an unbelievable outcome. And it would have nothing to do with the sport itself. If someone dies playing a sport and it's just a a natural outgrowth of the sport, that's a risk that comes from the sport. But 
when I see that Ovechkin play, I think that's a really bad look for the NHL. Do you agree or disagree with me? Uh, I, I would generally disagree with you. I, I think the saying that that kid could die is a pretty extreme uh, It happens all the it. time when guys get knocked out and they hit their heads in real life. Yeah, but he was wearing a helmet, and you know it, it's never happened in the you know history of hockey that someone's died from a punch. So doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Well, I mean, people die in at baseball games from being hit by foul balls. So and, oh, in I the mean, NBA, they took away fighting because they said it's not integral to the sport. Um, and uh, why, if hockey wanted to end fighting, they could do it. Why haven't they? Because the core hockey fans still enjoy it and still want it. Um, I, I've told you before, if it went away tomorrow, it wouldn't affect my enjoyment of hockey. I don't watch it for that, but sometimes it happens. And look, I've been at games before where it's happened with my team, and I've gotten on, on my feet and cheered. So I'm not going to, I don't want to be a hypocrite about it, but I watch the game for a lot more things other than that. And as we've talked about before, Fighting in hockey has really diminished uh, to where it's almost not really a part of the game anymore. They've got rid of the staged fighting where you had guys on rosters. That's all they did. That's all they were there for. Those guys are dinosaurs now. There's maybe one or two of them left in the league, if that. So it, it's 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 being diminished. I know Andrew Siciliano used to work here years ago, and he would always engage me in this. And he, would, he told me he would never take hockey seriously because of fighting and I know there are some of those people out there um, but I, I would say the reason there's no appetite for the NHL to get rid of it at this point is that most of their hardcore fans still wanted it as a part of the game even if it's a small part of the game it's fascinating to me that the NBA if, if players fight they're thugs and they're not allowed to do it right they decided it was bad for the brand in the NBA for fighting to occur now partly you can argue that's because courtside in the NBA in the malice with the palace, you could have, because the fans are so close to the fee, uh, to the court, you could have that melee spread into the crowd, and that's bad for the overall brand. But when white guys fight in hockey, white guys love it. I don't understand that distinction, right? Like, if you go to a hockey game and people start fa- uh, fighting, people stand up and cheer and love it. If people fight in an NBA game, people lose their mind, and they're like, oh, my God, we can't let these thugs be fighting on the basketball court. So I'm intrigued by that in general, in just the way that people respond to fighting. I don't see fighting as integral to basketball or as integral to hockey. I understand that it happens, right? Guys get fired up and they don't uh, they don't have good relationships. They're competing. They're going as hard as they can. Like, it doesn't surprise me that it would happen, but that you could have a situation like that if, uh, let's say, we take it instead of Alexander Ovechkin, who might be the best player in, uh, in all the NHL, if uh, if Kevin Durant, you know, I don't know that he could hurt a flea, but let's pretend that Kevin Durant lands the same kind of punch on somebody. Like, like Patrick Beverly obviously is driving Kevin Durant crazy. If Kevin Durant punches him, knocks him out, and his head hits the court, Kevin Durant doesn't play for the rest of the NBA playoffs, right? Is that I don't think that's a crazy idea that the way the NBA would respond to that is Kevin Durant would be out for the remainder of the season. And you can say that's not fair, but it's the severity of the punch and the way that it would be received and the way that, the, you know, if Patrick Beverly hits the ground. And even if it's not Patrick Beverly, but if it's just Kevin Durant hitting someone in a similar fashion and that guy hits his head on the ground when he goes down and he's uh, knocked unconscious, I think there, what happens? Like, I'm curious for the reaction uh, for the crew here. Does Kevin Durant get suspended for the rest of the playoffs? 
I, I would say so, yeah. Probably, probably. right? Yeah. Like, that wouldn't stun. I mean, is that an outlandish idea? No. Kevin Durant is, I think everybody would agree, the best player in the NBA right now, right? If Kevin Durant with the LeBron James not in the playoffs, best player in the playoffs, if Kevin Durant knocks out a player in basketball and uh, with one punch like Ovechkin did, and even if they're squared up and even if they're fighting, and that guy goes down and hits his head and has a concussion and is out for multiple games as a result of the punch, it's possible that Kevin Durant is out for the remainder of the season. If Alexander Ovechkin does it, he misses five minutes of a game and no one even blinks. Why is that treated so much differently in the respective sports? You can say, well, hockey has a legacy of fighting. Okay, I understand that argument. But basketball has a legacy of fighting too. Rudy Tomjanovich got his face broken uh, by Kermit Washington back in the day in a fight that was a devastating on-the-court basketball fight. And, uh, and basketball has basically said, you know what, we're not going to allow it anymore. Even to the extent of potentially changing the champion. Because if you remember when Amari Stoudemire came off the bench after Steve Nash got hip-checked into the scorer's table in that series against the Spurs, I think Robert Ory was who hip-checked Steve Nash. That year's yeah, Suns right. team might well have won the championship. They might have been the best team in the NBA if they had uh, not had that suspension of Amari Stoudemire because he came off the bench. The NBA so aggressively has policed uh, fighting that guys coming off the bench have been suspended and potentially changed the championship trajectory of the league. I'm curious, somebody make an argument for why Kevin Durant would miss the remainder of the playoffs if he did what Alexander Ovechkin did and nobody would even hardly blink. Like, people would be like, yeah, you know what, that's a punishment that makes sense. When I point out that Alexander Ovechkin misses five minutes for what uh, Kevin Durant would miss the entire season for, and I'm saying, again, it's not integral to the sport. I have no problem with UFC or with boxing. When you are a uh, professional fighter and you go into the ring, uh, you are taking, that's what you do for a living. That is what you have assumed that risk. To me, the fighting in hockey is much like the fighting in basketball or baseball. I mean, I've, I've said this for a long time. I think it's crazy that baseball lets pitchers throw at batters and doesn't just end this and say, you know what? If you we believe you intentionally threw at a batter, then you are suspended for 40 games and you lose a fourth of your paycheck, it would end overnight. Because the NBA has proven that you can eliminate this if the penalties are severe enough. Why the difference of treatment? Ovechkin versus Durant. Somebody make an argument for why it's different. Well, it's different just because the culture of the sport is. I different. understand that, but you can check. I don't buy into the culture. I don't. I don't buy into those arguments because the culture is what the league allows, right? If the if hockey decided tomorrow that they would not allow fighting to occur in the NHL anymore, they could penalize it enough that it would cease to exist. Of course, and the same thing could happen in Major League Baseball. If Major League Baseball decided, you know what, we are not going to allow this ridiculousness of guys throwing at each other, charging the mound, anything else. Like if Major League Baseball said, hey. If you throw and hit a batter intentionally, and we determine that it occurred, and then you also charge the mound or anything else, you are immediately suspended for 40 games. No one would ever do it anymore. It would cease to exist. We're going to take away your paycheck for 25% of the season. You could change the rule and cease to exist it. So culture, to me, is a function of what culture allows. If you decide to change the consequences, then behavior will follow 
that happens over and over again. So culture is not a good argument to me because the reason why it's allowed to occur is because fans don't respond the same way. Other than Kevin Durant being black and playing basketball and Alexander Ovechkin being white and playing hockey, what is the difference? In other words, if we flip this, let's say we just flipped it. What if the NBA was all white and what if hockey was all black? Would all black players in hockey be allowed to fight and would all white players in the NBA be allowed to fight? Is it a race thing? I don't know. I think it might be on some level. Now, the other argument you can make is that the court in the NBA, the danger of a brawl occurring in the NBA is that it could spiral into the crowd. Those are the highest priced seats. That could theoretically be a lawsuit and a disaster waiting to happen. You don't have the plexiglass to set, to separate fan from player. I can maybe accept some sort of argument there, but I just think that allowing the best player in the game and Alexander Ovechkin to knock out another guy and only sit for five minutes and by and large be praised, people are like, oh, I like Ovechkin even more. If Kevin Durant did the exact same thing, the world would come undone for the NBA. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you other than it's been a part of the sport of hockey since the beginning of the sport of hockey. I understand that, but so is fighting in basketball. No, not really. Not yeah. really. No. Guys have been fighting in basketball ever since basketball started, and the NBA just said, we're not going to allow this anymore, and it ceased to exist, basically. Like, when a punch happens in an NBA game, it is unheard of. College basketball, it almost never happens now. It happened back in the day. Like, I remember Shaquille O'Neal getting into a fight and, like, it was a real brawl in college basketball, and college basketball just ended it, too. They said, hey, if you throw a punch, you're suspended for a bunch of games. If it happens twice, your career's over. And it never happens in college basketball. You can change the rules such that it never happens. It's not a really difficult thing to do. I just want people to think about this. In your heads, think about this. The way you rationalize it and the way it occurs, Alexander Ovechkin, hero, knocks out a guy Knocks him out. He's got a concussion. He's not going to play in game four. He misses five minutes. If a star NBA player did the same thing, he would potentially be suspended for the remainder of the playoffs. Why is the difference there? And I don't buy into culture arguments because culture is a function of what is permissive and what is impermissive. If you want to change the rules, you could do it easily. Maybe open phone lines up on this uh, down the line because I, I am fascinated. Maybe tomorrow... When the uh, when the Capitals are scheduled to play again, what do you got? So our our boy Vito just called the studio here, and he put something in our computer system a little while back that he thought you would enjoy. Go ahead, hit that, Roberto. I don't know about hockey. <laughs> I mean, it's a couple of bros play hockey, but I don't know if they're gonna let some real bros play hockey like like Nug Nug and you know Pojo them. I don't know if they're gonna <laughs> you know with hockey. They just let you fight. Come on now. Y'all know it'd be a brother out there skating without a stick. Just, you know what he's thinking? I wish a mother would. <laughs> it is interesting, though. I mean, like Cedric why, the Entertainer. Why is uh, why is Alexander Ovechkin miss five minutes? And if Kevin Durant knocks somebody out in basketball, his his entire postseason would be over. I I mean, and again, we're talking about severe injury here. Guy's got a concussion. He may not play the rest of the series. Um, and do you, do you think the fans in basketball want that? I don't know, but I mean, just because the fans want it, I mean, why do the fans want it? I mean, you, you enjoy violence, don't you? 
I mean, I like it, but but I like it in the context of the sport itself. If like we don't allow people in football to square off, take their helmets off, and start throwing punches at each other. If it happens, you get suspended and you get ejected from the game. And football is a violent sport. But we say, okay, there's a difference between when the violence is allowed to occur and when the violence is not allowed to occur. And so within the space of the game itself, the violence is allowed. But immediately, like think about it, you know, back in the day when Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson squared off, like that was a serious penalty that is immediately uh, hit with them, right? When uh, Leonard Fournette in this past season threw a punch, he missed the rest of that game and he got suspended for a game, right? So the NFL is a violent sport and they say, hey, fighting is not going to be allowed in this sport. The basketball, you know, like hockey. I mean, hockey is the only sport that allows this to occur. And again, I'm not saying that it's not fine in the MMA. I'm not one of those guys who's out there like, oh, you shouldn't allow MMA, shouldn't allow boxing, all these things. Like that is a part of the sport. That's the integral essence of the sport. Basketball occasionally had fights, right, back in the day. And they said, we're not going to allow this anymore. Hockey has continued to allow it. And there are a lot of people out there right now, I'm sure if I check my mentions, they're going to be all triggered. But my question is, why is your response to Alexander Ovechkin knocking out a guy, oh, he's only going to miss five minutes of a game, and your response to Kevin Durant doing the same would be, he can't play for the remainder of the postseason? It doesn't make sense to me. They're both outside of the bounds of acceptable conduct. And some people will say, well, hockey, this keeps the sport clean. I don't buy that. No, that, that, that. that's not true. It's for entertainment purposes. It's for entertainment. Yeah. But it's a, it's a flaw of the sport to me that you have to allow something that isn't a part of the sport to occur. But it has been a part of the sport forever. But again, I'm not, I understand people make the argument this has been going on for a long time. I'm not this has been going on for a long time guy. Well, I don't know what to tell you then because that's the that's the reason why it's stayed in the it's still allowed in the sport. Yeah, it's but part fighting, of the sport. Again, it's always been a part of the sport. Fighting has existed for a long time in basketball. They don't countenance it anymore. They don't allow it. If you go out to a pickup park basketball game, there is likely a chance that a fight could break out or at least one of those fights where two guys shove each other and pretend like they're going to fight, which is a staple of basketball as long as the sport has existed. No, Everybody who has I, ever I, I played pickup basketball. Yeah, I don't agree with that either. Yeah, I, yeah. Fighting has occurred in basketball, yeah, but it's but not, not, the same way it's not nearly the same as it, as it is a part of the sport in hockey. And I think a part of that might be because black guys play basketball. And they sell the sport to primarily a white audience. And if black guys fight, that's scary to white people. If white people fight, it's not as scary. Uh, I th- it's I not think scary to me. A, I, I mean, there are a lot of black boxers who fight it. It doesn't, doesn't but that is scare the sport me to see itself. them fight. That's the sport itself. It is a distinction. I'm not understood. Look, if your job is to be a boxer and you are going to go into a ring and square up and fight, that is the sport. A boxing without people hitting each other doesn't exist. MMA without people hitting each other doesn't exist. That is the sport. You can win a gold medal in hockey and there will not be a fight in the entire Olympics. You can't win a gold medal in boxing without fighting occurring. So the essence of the sport requiring combat is a huge distinction between the MMA and the and boxing. I'm asking people why. Why is it allowed to occur that the best player in all of hockey can knock somebody out, put the kid in the hospital, 
for something that isn't in any way involved in the sport itself, and he misses five minutes, and if Kevin Durant knocked somebody out and the guy got a concussion because his head hit the ground and he was out for the remainder of the series, Kevin Durant probably is suspended for the remainder of the NBA postseason. I understand that there is a difference between the response to that. What I am asking people is, why does that occur? And the answer of, well, fighting has just been in hockey for a long time isn't a very compelling answer to me because fighting has existed for a long time in basketball too, and they basically ended it. They said, we're not going to allow this to occur anymore in basketball, and it almost never happens. And so why does it still occur in hockey? I think it's because white dudes fight. I mean, ultimately, when I really circle around on it, I think it's because white dudes are fighting in hockey, and people who are white are not as threatened by white people fighting as they are black people. Well, in the NBA, they stopped it too because all the, all the every player started going onto the court, and it was a big old melee. That's the reason why they banned it in the, in the I NBA. I understand, but every now and then, we have huge fights in hockey too where the goalies will throw their gloves down, and the entire team is a melee too. So I, I just I, I think it's an inter- interesting question. We could open up phone lines tomorrow. Maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe on Friday. But all I'm asking is for people to rationalize in their head what their response would be if Kevin Durant knocks somebody out in basketball. And we're saying Kevin Durant is the best player who's alive playing right now in the playoffs. And Alexander Ovechkin is the best player who is right now in the NHL. Ovechkin does it, puts a guy in the hospital, and he misses five five minutes of a game. If Kevin Durant does it, the world comes undone and his entire season is over. And he might have a suspension to start next year. Why is that difference occur? What do you think of Jeff tweeted our show? He says NBA players do not play with sticks in their hands, playing against guys who are nailing them. So instead of risking players whacking other players with a yeah, stick, yeah, I, I already said that I don't buy that. And and Eddie, who is our resident hockey expert, I don't buy that guys deciding to fight keeps hockey from being a messy sport because again. The Olympics they play, the best players in the world play, representing everybody in their country. And the the hockey, I think, you can speak to this better than I can, Eddie, is fantastic. And there isn't a single issue of fighting usually in the Olympics. No, it, it's, it's an entertaining brand of hockey. Um, some people would prefer it to be a little bit more physical, but I mean, no, it's, it's, it's fine. Like I said, look, the reason hockey allows fighting is for entertainment purposes. It's not because of any other reasons for you know players policing themselves and all that kind of stuff just like baseball the, the reason that they allow benches to empty is because it's yeah, there's entertainment yep. yeah right and my argument is if you just want to end it the rules you could end it in a snap of a finger like the nba of course did. you could so there's not a cultural pressure to end it not at and all. that's why my question is why is that fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 